0: informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him.
1: Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive
2: Time.
3: And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. And you know what that means. It's St. Nicholas Day. Congratulations, you made it to St. Nicholas Day. Are your kids excited? I bet they are. Can you believe it? St. Nicholas Day. Praise be to God. St. Nicholas is said to have been born in Patara in Alicia, a province of Asia Minor in the 4th century of wealthy parents. Now, there are approximately two dozen stories in which we could tell you about St. Nicholas, but I'm only going to tell you... Two of my favorite stories about him. And maybe we could talk about more stories with about him later. The story of the dowry of grace. Upon reaching Mira, Nicholas faced the plight of a widower that had three daughters. Now, society at the time it, it dictated that there must be a dowry for their marriages. But due to misfortune, the father's means were all taken away completely. And the father in desperation wanted to, mm, we'll say, sell their, his daughters in order to one, provide them for food and two, that they, him, himself could eat. And he was contemplating this very evil action of selling his daughters away. And then Saint Nicholas heard about this and he knew that this was wrong. This was something that was not good. And so out of a, sense of justice and compassion he decided to act under the veil of night he would approach the humble dwelling with a sack of gold in hand the gold a silent messenger of grace was tossed through the window in some version of the story he placed them in their socks in another version he placed them in their shoes which is where we get the tradition of christmas stockings or in the dutch they have the christmas shoes they set the shoes out at night and they placed that gold through the window, providing a dowry for the first daughter. The gesture repeated, securing the future of the second. Nicholas, the clandestine benefactor, left without seeking recognition. But when he came for the third night, as St. Nicholas planned his next midnight delivery, the widower stood in the church and prayed that he had received help He had no way to refuse, for he was a very proud man and was would love to refuse the help of anyone. Now he wanted to know who had delivered his daughters from the evil that he had planned for them. So he asked God to show him his benefactor so he could repay the kindness. Not with money, of course, that he would never be able to do that. He couldn't afford it, but he wanted to pray for his benefactor by name. So on a moonless night, a few weeks later, the widower was restless. The night was cold. His joints ached. He couldn't sleep. And as he as he lay there in the darkness, he heard the sounds of footsteps outside. So he got up as quietly as he could. He went out his front door and as a shadow slipped out into the street, he shouted, oh, you wait, wait there. And the shadow stopped moving. The widower approached. It was the young man, Nicholas. Why, he asked. I had no need of gold, Nicholas said. It is a burden to me. In your hands, it could be put to good use. They stared at each other. Shall I give you a seat of honor at the next wedding? Nicholas shook his head. No, please, father, tell no one. Let it stay between us as long as we both breathe. The old man, he held out his arms and embraced Nicholas. His tears fell into the saint's hair. I will not speak of it, the man said, except in prayer. And then the one other story I'll share about St. Nicholas is a story of him at Nicaea. See, at the Council of Nicaea, they convened it in order to talk about the definition of who God was, of who our Lord Jesus Christ was. And this is where we came up with the Nicene Creed, where we decided to say, Well, we decided to recognize, we recognize the truth that Jesus Christ is, in fact, true God and true man. Whereas Arius believed that our Lord was not true God, that he was less than the Father. And so Arius enters the room with all the bishops around. And he has his sheaf of parchment in his hands, his own writings, of course. And he waited respectfully until he was addressed And then simply and plainly, he began to read. The room was silent at first, silent the way that night is silent before a storm. And then there was rustles and rumbles and shouts. The confessors, men who have spent years beaten, chained, tortured, starved. You remember St. Nicholas, along with the other bishops, had just overcome many persecutions from many emperors. So they alone... They, except for the company of the God-man Jesus Christ, couldn't bear Arius' words. So, Nicholas found himself standing up, walking to where Arius stood, speaking to him over him, And but Arius would not yield. He raised his voice, and so Nicholas raised his hand and slapped Arius across the face. Arius staggered back, and he might have fallen had one of his servants not caught him. And there was silence again. Awful silence. Terrible silence. No one spoke and the emperor kicked him out, threw him in prison. But while he was in prison, Christ and his mother appeared to him in a dream and it gave him over the gospel back to him and the instruments of the episcopate. He they opened up the gates and he was able to walk free and rejoin the council. Now, much more could be said about St. Nicholas, but what do we ask for on this, his feast day? Let's ask him to give us a zeal for the true faith, to fight for Christ, and to have charity for our neighbor and a love of marriage and family. St. Nicholas Pray, pray for first. us. Joining us right now is Rudy Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. Did uh, St. Nicholas
4: bring you anything in your uh, shoes this morning?
3: <sighs> I was searching my shoes, but I couldn't find anything. You just found a just, just lint? And it was nothing. And I, I was like, okay, well, it's probably my other shoes. So I checked my other shoes. And it was nothing. <laughs> so when I get back home, I'm going to go and I'm going to look at my uh, my house shoes. Maybe they're in my house shoes. Uh,
4: this, the house slippers, of course. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. So
3: I checked my shoes. I checked my, my cowboy boots. But I didn't check my house slippers.
4: So when I get home, I'm going to have to check those. And, and then see. you're going to take your shoe off and it's melted chocolate all over your socks. Mm. Man, I hate when that happens. Does that happen to you often? Oh, yeah, all the time. Every year. Oh, <laughs> well, praise <laughs> be to God.
3: You know, I was thinking about starting a boxing gym and calling it St. Nick's.
4: Oh, yeah. That, yeah. okay. There we go. Trademark. Trademark. Set. Don't take that idea. Let's do my, it.
3: Uh, actually, it's fine. If you want to do it, we can both be St. Nick's boxing gym. Uh, as long as you're not opening it in Houston. In, in which case, uh, we're going to have problems. <laughs> So praise be to God. No, that was great. I I love Saint Nicholas, and people really don't like the story of Saint Nicholas slapping Arius. Mm. And you know, people some will say that it's not a true story, and I say, I I mean, I believe it. I mean, most hagiographies weren't written right after the the death of the saint, so they're like, oh, but the count the story of Nicaea doesn't come until like the 11th century, and I'm like, okay, well, that's okay with me. It doesn't bother me at all. So praise be to God. I'm happy. To uh, celebrate St. Nicholas with his helping kids, helping families, helping multiplying bread and water, uh, bread and wine, calming storms, um, and slapping (laughs) areas. And they all go together in my book. All right, coming up on the show today, we have so much going on. For instance, have you seen the new trend on TikTok where – I know, I know. When you here to trend on TikTok, you know immediately it's going to be bad, right, of people trying to ask people, do you know what gender I am? Um, so we're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, there is a – well, he's not really a famous actor to be honest, but he is famous in my book because he did one of my favorite YouTube series. Uh, he got arrested – so we're going to talk about that at 30 past the hour. At 45 past the hour, did you see the rise in Satanism? Uh, yeah, let's keep Christ and Christmas. We're going to talk about that about 45 past the hour. So you're going to stick with us for the entire show. And in the next hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about St. Nick. Uh, I love St. Nicholas. So we'll talk a little bit about him. And we have our Fear and trembling game show. But let's begin with prayer. We're praying for your intentions, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for, for the salvation of souls, liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church, and for the healing of my grandfather. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. O oh, divine infant Jesus, I have recourse to thee. Please, through thy blessed mother, assist me in this necessity, because I firmly believe that thy divinity can help me. I hope with confidence to obtain thy holy grace. I love thee with all my heart, and with all the strength of my soul I repent sincerely of my sins, and I beg thee, O good Jesus, to grant me the strength to triumph over them. I resolve never more to offend thee, and I come to offer myself to thee with the intention of enduring everything rather than to displease thee. Henceforth I desire to serve thee with fidelity, and for the love of thee, O divine infant, I will love my neighbor as myself. All-powerful infant, oh Jesus, I implore thee again, assist me in this need. Grant me the grace of possessing thee eternally with Mary and Joseph, and of adoring thee with the angels in the heavenly court. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy
4: Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos. Here are some of your breaking news and headlines this morning. Now, if you're a youngster, you're going to want to perk your ears up a little bit, okay? Younger voters appear less likely to vote in 2024, despite previous record, according to a survey. Younger voters may be less likely to vote in 2024, despite their previous record, according to a poll released on Tuesday by Harvard University's Institute of Politics. Of respondents aged 18 to 29 who said they voted in the 2020 election, only 49% said they definitely will be voting in the next presidential election, while 17% say they will probably vote in the 2024 election. In response to a question about participation in the 2020 presidential election, 65% said they definitely voted, only 29% say they definitely did not vote. The poll taken of uh, approximately 2,000 people aged 18 to 29, was conducted between October 23rd and November 6th and has a margin of error for its total sample of plus or minus 3% percentage points. And the WHO calls for higher taxes on alcohol and sugary drinks. Uh, will you stand for that? More taxes? The World Health Organization called on governments around the world to increase taxes on alcohol and sugar-sweetened beverages. After studying taxation rates, the WHO said on Tuesday... That it believes the average global tax rate on unhealthy products was too low, while items such as wine are completely exempt from tax in some European countries. According to The Who, taxing unhealthy products creates healthier populations. It also has a positive ripple effect across society, less disease and debilitation, and revenue for governments to provide public services. Wink, wink. In the case of alcohol, taxes also help prevent violence and road traffic injuries, but uh, let's not talk about moderation instead. The FBI interviewed a priest and a choir director. Amid a probe into traditional Catholics, a House report says, although federal agents refused to disclose the contents of the interviews, the committee noted that the original whistleblower's allegations showed that the FBI directly communicated with Catholic clergy and staff about parishioners practicing their faith around the same time that the FBI and analysts started drafting the memorandum. The committee investigating the the memorandum also claimed in the report that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to develop its assessment and proposed developing sources among the Catholic clergy and church leadership. Lawmakers found that when the FBI employees were preparing, editing, or reviewing the memorandum, they could not define the meaning of a so-called radici- uh, radical traditional Catholic, which uh, the two co-authors sourced from left-wing publications, including the Southern Poverty Law Center, Salon, and The Atlantic. FBI's Richmond Special Agent in Charge, Stanley Mador, told the committee, that the analyst who co-authored the Richmond Memorandum had been employed with the FBI for approximately 20 years. And those are some of your headlines this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Adrian.
3: The Gospel of the Day comes from Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 37. Now, here is the multiplication of the loaves and fishes, and uh, two things we'll say here. One is the fact that I think that the church chose this gospel for today because St. Nicholas was also known to multiply loaves, and so I think there is a connection there. Now, here St. Bernard says, Mystically, the seven loaves symbolize the seven gifts of God. Now, I just want to mention two of them. The first loaf is the Word of God, in which Christ himself testifies. And the second loaf is obedience. Now, these two things... Are very important to keep in mind because we need to know scripture, but then we also need to be obedient to it. It's not good enough to just know it, right? You gotta actually listen to it. So, those are two of the loaves. The other five, maybe we'll talk about it in the after show. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this.
2: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, We should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do. We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful. Well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, Blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment. Because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner, we imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org.
5: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
3: And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be on with you today. You know, there was <laughs> this crazy thing that happened. I. It's kind of funny, these. It's not funny in a ha-ha way, like, oh, that's a good joke. It's more funny in a we live in the craziest timeline kind of way. So, anything, any story that starts with... TikTok, immediately you're just like, okay, here we go. But see, the problem here is TikTok influences young people. Now, young people, uh, whether they be children or Zoomers, people my age or, or anything like that, it actually affects, it actually affects people and it changes people's minds and it also will uh, causes immolation if it gets popular because people today kids today they value likes, comments, subscribers, shares. They they value that almost to uh, to the exclusion of everything else. It's their social capital. Ever I don't know maybe you weren't like this, but were were you like this when you were younger? Where somebody would if they called you chicken or or said, I dare you to do something. You were like, I gotta do it. I have no choice. I'm stuck now. I'm required, honor bound to do it. And no matter how dumb the thing was that they were going to ask you to do, or or they were like, Oh, we're going to jump off this bridge. I I double dog dare you jump off that bridge. Um, then you were like, Oh well, he double dog dared me. I have no choice in the matter. That my will is taken from me, and you had to do it as a kid. Well, it's kind of like that. Only worse because now you you recognize that somebody wants you to do something, and you and then you recognize you'll get praise nationally from social media for doing something, and that's kind of the threat of social media. Now I was gonna play this clip for you, but uh, they like kind of this dude has a very vulgar mouth, and so uh, we're not gonna play the clip. But this there is a video of this guy who is a transgender woman or identifies as a transgender woman. What does that mean? It means it's a biological man who is trying to tell everybody that he is a woman. And there's this trend, and this guy is just one person who exemplifies this action, but he, the trend is this transgender people, quote-unquote, and they go up to normal working-class people. In this particular case, it was... A, it looked like an immigrant working in a pizza shop. The guy clearly didn't know English very well. Um, where he was from exactly, I couldn't tell you, but he, he clearly didn't understand everything that was happening. And he even tells him that he doesn't know English. And so he, and the guy doesn't believe him. He's like, you know English. And he, what the trend is, he goes up and says, Oh, what gender am I? And whenever they tell them the obvious answer, they lose their minds and start calling them slurs, Say calling them homophobes and bigots and transphobes and all these different things. And these videos go viral, and you should see the support they get. It's kind of concerning. And we saw this (laughs) in a really funny way a couple years ago when the transgender stuff first started. There was this hulking dude, like the guy was looked like he lifted weights, like a very big guy, who went to a, I think it was a GameStop, and he comes in, and he the, the GameStop guy behind the counter can accidentally, because here's the thing, most of these people are not like con- radical conservatives, or most of these people are go on to get along people that will call you whatever they want you to, to call you, they just they just. You just don't look like a woman, dude. You look like a man. And so this hulking dude goes up to this guy at GameStop. And the guy on the counter keeps saying, sir, to him. And he says, it's ma'am, in like a super deep voice. And he, like, knocks over stuff. And it went viral because people were, were like, this, I mean, the guy is showing a lot of aggression. Uh, very uh, masculine aggression, if uh, if you get my drift for someone who identifies as a woman. But the reason why that it's important to bring this topic up is because it shows three different things. One is one, the lack of courage for a lot of these people, because immediately for most of these situations, when you see the video of it, the people are backtracking immediately. They're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, Yes, I I, totally. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And they immediately will cave to whatever the person wants, especially if they're on video. They don't want to get canceled. They don't want to get their lives ruined. And so immediately they're like, oh, yes, ma'am. To the delusion, like the, the absolute absurdity of the delusion of these people, they want to force you to deny your lying eyes, to say, look, you can see clearly that I'm a man, but you must say two plus two equals five. It's like uh, what we see. what Was it uh, was it George Orwell? I always get uh, I always get the the different dystopian novels uh, mixed up in my mind. But they when they say okay, maybe it was Fahrenheit. Uh, I forget. It doesn't matter. Well, and when they they say okay, what is two plus two? And they keep saying he keeps saying four. It's like two plus two equals four. Two plus two equals four. Two plus two equals four. And finally, he tortures them enough. He finally says okay, two plus two equals five. And they say wrong. Two plus two equals whatever the party says it equals. They're not trying to create a new paradigm. They're not trying to create a new, new rules. They're trying to create an authority structure. An authority structure that says whatever I say goes. Whatever I say goes and you have to go along with whatever it is. Because the new thing may be something else tomorrow. Hey, remember whenever the... Uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny. You know certain people in your life who just go along with whatever the most recent narrative is, right? Whenever the whole Black Lives Matter thing was happening, they put up a black square on all their social media feeds. Whenever the Ukraine uh, war broke out, they immediately changed all their stuff to having Ukraine flags and all their profile bios and all that stuff. Uh, then the Israel war broke out and they immediately put up the Israel flag in their, in their bio. Then they realized, oh no, wait, we're supposed to be supporting Palestine. So they switched it out for the Palestine flag. And they're like, oh wait, no, then that, that's not right either. And they end up like, their bio ends up being just a series of flags and different symbols and they stand for nothing. They actually have no beliefs of their own. They are just trying to parrot the current thing. And it's even a meme where people will say, I support the current thing. And it's uh, it's kind of it amuses me. I think it's hilarious. But that's one of the other problems with this: is they want you to say, sure, whatever it is you say, man, whatever it is you say, I- I'm for that. And no one has the courage to stand up against it. And these people, these these, and I, I, you know, sometimes I question whether or not these people are sincerely disturbed in the head, or if they're just trying to troll for clout, for troll for just trying to to gain gain followers, to get popularity. But this guy, I mean, he looks like a man in this video of this pizza, this guy confronting the pizza worker. He looks like a man, but with long hair and with um, and just dressed in a very inappropriate way. And those two things, he's like, yeah, I'm clearly a woman. And that brings me to my third point. Now, it's an important takeaway from, from this story is the third point is The reduction of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. That is one of the biggest problems here. One of the biggest problems is that it reduces manhood and womanhood to just being physical appearance. Now, it's funny because the same group of people will say, oh, you're just reducing man and womanhood to your chromosomes. And they'll say that that's, that's reductionist. And therefore, we are the backwards ones. We're the reductionist. But then if you actually listen to these people talk, they say exactly what they accuse you of doing. So this guy, he tells him, he goes, why can't you tell I'm a woman? I have long hair. My nails are dyed. I have long nails. Don't you see my clothes? I'm obviously a woman. But I'm thinking, wait, wasn't the current thing a few months ago, a couple years ago, saying that, oh, guys can wear dresses. Guys can paint their nails. Guys can have long hair. It's not a female thing to do that. Anybody can do that. Remember that? Do you remember that? In fact, I actually, oh, it's so weird. I know people, and not so much anymore, now that I'm out of college. It's less so. But while I was in college, I knew people, men, who would dye their nails. Or dye their nails, paint their nails. they paint their nails. And it was like a thing. It was a trend. Guys painting their nails, uh, you might remember that from like the probably the eighties. Um, was it was big in the eighties, uh, but it went, kind of went away, came back, in, I want to say the two thousands with the with the goth the goth movement, and then again it's coming back now. And guys are like oh, guys can paint their nails. You know who else paints their nails? There is a a boxer, uh, Tank Davis, who is one of the pound for pound best boxers and this guy paints his nails and he posts it online it's becoming a trend it's already become a trend but the left tries to tell you that those things are not gay those things are not homosexual it's not doesn't make you trans you you're a guy you can wear a dress you can paint your nails you can have long hair and that's masculine who's who's to say what masculinity is and yet when it comes down to it when they're trying to prove that they are in fact women What do they say? Well, I'm wearing a dress, aren't I? I'm clearly a woman. But no, that's not what it means to be a woman. Yes, those things matter. Of course, we should try to keep to cultural norms. Cultural norms are important. They make the world go round. It makes things easy to understand what's happening around us. This is why we have customs. This is why we have etiquette. And those things should be adhered to as much as possible. However... Wearing a dress doesn't make you a man just as much as putting lipstick on a pig makes them a, makes them a human being, right? So, a woman is one who can deliver life. And that's, that's most fundamentally what a woman is. Most fundamentally, a woman is someone who has the potentiality to bring life into the world. Now, I'm very careful about the word I use. I say potentiality. Because somebody will say, oh, well, you know, some women are barren. Some women can't conceive. Does that make them not a woman? Well, of course not. Of course they are still a woman. Because they are the type of thing, and I know it's kind of reductious to say a thing, but we're trying to speak in philosophical language. The, a woman is a type of thing, is a type of person that has the potentiality, not the maybe not in actuality because they have some medical problem, but is the species of thing, the type of thing, that can deliver life that can bring life into the world that forms life in the womb and delivers life into the world. Think about that being a sub creator with God in the most profound of ways. And no one else can do something like that. What an absolute grace. That's something that no man will ever be able to do. No matter how many dresses he puts on, no matter how many nails he paints, no matter how long he grows his hair, a man will never be able to bring life into the world. So let's pray for all those who are struggling with transgenderism and let's have a love for womanhood, most exemplified in the Blessed Virgin Mary, our most wonderful mother. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time Breaking News and Stories with Rudy Carlos coming up next.
0: Hello, this is Steve Glacier with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you know what are the two most common questions after attending a non-Catholic church service? Answer, how is the preaching and how is the worship? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, evaluation of worship? That's odd. Who's evaluating worship? Well, here's what really is meant by that. How is the music, the singing, and the audible response of the people? And if that were important, wouldn't that be our Lord's decision anyway? Secondly, Catholic teaching. Worship is fundamentally not tied to music and song, though it can be supported by music and song. The 2,000-year history of Catholic worship is primarily about the representing of Jesus' unbloody, timeless sacrifice on every Catholic altar. It is that moment when the bread and wine are changed into Jesus' own body and blood. We then participate in that worship by bringing our own sacrifice of self, whether sorrow or praise. And thirdly, my take. The only evaluation that should be considered after a church or a mass is the evaluation of heart and actions. That is, did we grow in obedience to the royal law of love? Help us, Father.
6: I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church
7: for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
4: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. A Mexican bishop says, a thief who stole the Eucharist is excommunicated. The incident occurred the morning of November 25th at the Sacred Heart of Jesus Chapel, part of the Our Lady of Schoenstatt Parish, located on the outskirts of the city. The prelate declared that the acts as violation of a sacred space and sacrilege against the sacred eucharist therefore whoever perpetrated it if he is catholic has committed a crime against the sacraments for the very serious offense committed against our lord gonzalez the bishop invited all the faithful to join in prayer performing acts of reparation and promoting love for jesus christ in the eucharist For now, he explained, Mass will not be possible until reparation is made for the offense. Given the situation, the bishop invited the faithful, and particularly the parish priests, to take great care for the security of sacred places. Now, this is happening all over the world, so if you uh, are part of the parish security team, do take that into consideration. And a prestigious science journal confirms censored views... Masks, at best, don't reduce COVID infection. Recent studies suggest that mask mandates for children, a common COVID-19 intervention, may have no measurable effect on infection. A systematic review in the British Medical Journal found no association with infection in most observational studies. A Norwegian study indicated higher self-reported infection with more frequent mask use. An, ana- an analysis published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences on November 20th suggests that scientific censorship is often driven by scientists and not just authoritarian officials with dark motives such as dogmatism or intolerance. As popularly believed, the paper, co authored by dozens of scholars known for challenging orthodoxies in their field, cited self protection, benevolence toward peer scholars, and pro social consen- concerns for the well being of human social groups as motives for censorious scientists. Censorious scientists. Say that three times fast. Now, those are all of your headlines this morning. Thank you very much for listening to Catholic Drive Time, and may God bless all of your holy efforts today. Hey, Rudy, did you
3: see that story? Um,
4: on 23 to me. Yeah, a couple of, uh, well, a couple of, <laughs> like, millions of people got their information hacked. I wonder sometimes, oh, man, I need to put on that tinfoil hat a little bit here. Yeah. I wonder if they don't do that on purpose. Like, they leave the security open a little bit and then they get the information out there. No way. Nah, t- no way. Let me take de- it. Let me take the tinfoil off. I'm sorry. Their business. <laughs>
3: like I, I there's going to be a bunch of people who decide not to use 23andMe because of this.
4: Well, you know, what's interesting is uh 23andMe. And we talked about this, uh, probably a month ago. 23andMe was recently purchased by, a uh, subsidiary of Blackrock or Blackrock themselves so i wonder if they get the information the dna information that you send in uh because you voluntarily give them the right to actually hold on to it and they probably do things with it like i don't know if they sell their information i don't want to misspeak and say that they are but i think that's what some of these companies do and so um if If you give them the information, you really have almost, almost no legal recourse. Uh, if, if the information gets leaked, either way, you're giving them, you know, you're giving them an opportunity for, for them to use it in different ways. So I wonder what those ways are. You probably stay anonymous when they use your information, but still feels kind of weird. I felt weird doing my, my DNA analysis. Uh, when I, I did that probably like three, three years ago but uh yeah i don't know i guess i've crystallized on certain things in the in the wrong direction <laughs> Crystallize. adrian can explain this better but uh when you uh when you decide to go on either side of the revolution right adrian tell us about yeah, crystallis crystallization
3: yeah kind of well, simply simply put i will say the whenever something happens there's an event that happens a particular event that happens that solidifies you in a particular position, uh, this happens yeah. a lot with people who are who are fence sitters, mm-hmm. and there are just stories and stories that, that kind of pile up. And there's one particular story, kind of like the the straw that breaks the camel's back, and then it kind of they go either way. You, you, you could go either way, <laughs> and you crystallize in a particular position, mm. and you uh, you ended up taking a side, basically.
4: Uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. I know that uh, there's there's a lot of people who think that we talked about the trans issue too much, maybe they crystallize in the wrong direction. But for me, I crystallized in uh the wrong direction with technology because I started using face ID to unlock my phone. Can you oof. believe that? Oh, I felt so terrible doing that.
3: Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I was thinking about this and whenever they had the um the security checks at TSA where they oh, had the face ID. That's right. And I was like, ah, who cares? I already, they already have my face ID from my phone already and everything else. I'm sure everything is tracking my face. So I'm like, whatever. Who cares? And, but really <laughs> we should care because why are we just letting, why are we just letting these people take all of our, our data and using <laughs> the all of our The technological
4: encroach happens when we just are complacent like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing. The. Whenever they start doing these things. We don't know what they plan to do with it. For instance. There's this. There's a lawsuits going on in Hollywood. About from these uh, Hollywood actors who signed away their likeness. Mm. um, For movies. But it was before the AI revolution came out. And now they're like, hold on. Y'all are not. I sold away my likeness. With the intention of like, oh, creating IP, like selling merchandise and things like that.
4: Action figures. Action
3: figures. Not for creating an AI version of me and having me say and do things on screen without paying me. (laughs) Like what? Like that's not – that's we didn't agree to that. Like Carrie Fisher. Like Carrie Fisher. (laughs) Oh, man. Like like all these different – like, yeah, it's crazy. And so now it's the same thing with every single American citizen, right? Or I guess human being on the planet. Like, what rights do we have to our to our face? What rights do we have to our DNA? And I think, unfortunately, this is a strange thing to even say, but I think policymakers have got to jump on this and say and protect people. I, this got this has to be under the right of privacy. If we don't have a, a right to our face and to our DNA, I don't know what we have a right to. I, that it's it, what happened to my body, my choice, right? And we give away. Our information to 23andMe, and who knows uh, what they're gonna do with all this information? With seven million people having their personal data stolen, I, I, I it brings me dread thinking about what happens, especially with um, the stories about about biotech and bio weapons, and there there's talk about um, about people trying to create diseases that target certain ethnic groups. And with all that data, whew, I I mean, it just, it just, it's very scary. I mean, maybe it was just some, some random person, or I can't, honestly, I'm trying to think about why some random person would want to steal that data. I guess one thing to steal someone's like email list or someone steal their texting list, but steal their DNA. I, I, I can't think of a non nefarious reason to do that. Like, obviously, stealing, of course, is always nefarious. It's always bad to steal, but this particular thing, it just, I cannot think of a not really, really bad situation, either bioweapons, stealing people's data, cloning, all these things. I mean, we saw stories years ago of China going ahead with cloning, even though international community, whatever that means, international community, decided that we're not going to clone humans. We're not going to try to do that. But they're like, oh, we're just we're just cloning the organs, though. We're just cloning the organs. not cloning actual people. Okay. Sure. Sure we aren't. I I dread to see where we head in the near future. Okay, so I went off topic. I wanted to talk about something else, but we'll <laughs> we'll come back around to this other story um and after the break, we'll go to break in about 2 minutes and when we come back, I have uh, two stories that I want to share with you. Uh one story is from this guy. Do you remember that that series of t- of uh, videos for them from Babylon B on the guy that moving from California to Texas or the couple.
4: Yeah, actually, I didn't find those very funny. I thought it was hilarious. I thought they were they were pretty lame. I thought they were maybe so I should funny. watch them again because that they came out right when I came to Texas and I was like. A little sensitive of, of the subject here. Rudy know?
3: was so offended by this
4: video. Man, videos. you Texans treated me like trash. I'm like, hey, guys, dude, I'm a refugee, dude. I'm I'm a refugee. I'm from California. Yeah, I didn't pick to be born there, guys.
3: Well, all the people who made the videos are from California, so. Yeah, well.
4: They're all California. It was a stereotype, okay? It was... Never mind, I won't say it. <laughs> it's racist against California.
3: Racist against Californians. It's a. Uh, I'm a. Uh, you, I mean, California is. I mean, all these people coming from another country into Texas. It's crazy. Uh, California. And I'll let you interpret that however you want. Is Texas the own its own country, or is California its own country? Um, I'll let you you decide on that. Now, okay, so we're gonna talk about that story because the guy who was like the main actor in those videos. Just got arrested So we're going to talk about that Coming up right after this break So don't go anywhere A really uh, really crazy story And there's a reason I want to bring it up And I'll tell you about it in just one moment Don't go anywhere More Catholic Drive Time right after this
2: This is Dale Alquist With a Chesterton Minute Have you ever heard someone say, I want a religion that is not so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says a religion that is not dogmatic is not a religion. A religion means something that commits a man to some doctrine about the universe. Anyone who believes anything is dogmatic. In fact, Chesterton says a teacher who is not dogmatic is not teaching anything. And if you think about it, a doctor who's not dogmatic is not who you want prescribing medicine or performing surgery. An auto mechanic who's not dogmatic is not going to be able to fix your carburetor. We want professionals to have specific training, but specific training means embracing very specific ideas. And yet we want a religion that is not dogmatic, as if standing before God is less important than repairing our car. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org.
7: So many of us carry such heavy burdens.
6: You're crazy!
7: Deep within, we struggle. Come on, babe.
6: Let's
7: be fun. Because sin separates us from God.
0: She's the relationship,
7: George. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience
2: a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org.
3: And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. Now, there is a story that I think is important to keep in mind, and you may think, who cares about this story? But I'm going to tell you why this really actually does matter. So, here's the story. Conservative actor arrested by FBI on January 6th charges after Daily Wire movie premiere. Conservative actor Siaka Masakwe, I'm probably not saying that correct, known for his role in the Babylon Bee's Californians Move to Texas series, was detained by the FBI at an airport after a Daily Wire movie premiere. The arrest related to charges from the January 6th, 2021 protest occurred a day after the Nashville event. Massaques faces misdemeanors for his presence at the Capitol building on January 6th. His house was previously raided, but charges were not filed. The actor, also vice chairman of the Republican Party of the Los Angeles County, is expecting his first child. The incident has sparked public support from conservatives, including Daily Wire's Jeremy Boring, Babylon Bee CEO Seth Dillon. Elon Musk criticized the arrest, deeming it political persecution. The January 6th controversy continues with ongoing debates about the FBI's response and the role of federal agents in the Capitol breach. Now, I thought this was kind of amusing in one sense because of the video that he did about a year or two ago on his presence at January 6th. And I want to play that clip for you, and then I'm going to tell you why it's important.
8: A lot of, I've, heard, I've talked to former FBI, um, my lawyer, a few other people, their belief is the biggest reason why I hadn't been arrested or charged is because I'm black. What, what I saw, what I, saw, because think about it. I'm not the narrative that Christopher Ray's talking about, right? That's, African, that's African, you know, educated brother who could speak well in the industry. And that's who they go after. And then and, and pedestal is like, look at the white supremacist. Like it doesn't make what? sense yeah but you know it's funny like there was a period i don't know if it still stands but there was a period where the guy who the the most the person with the longest sentence in jan six was a black dude i I don't know if Mm -hmm. it it might have been like only briefly i think he might have been exceeded um but like i remember like the longest sentence handed down for jan six uh briefly at least was a a black dude at one point but it's like it's like this i'm i'm all the difference is i'm i'm pseudo public you know Cause I, I there's some people have that there's people that they haven't heard of. Like a lot of people don't know a pregnant lady who was just standing on the grass had been under house arrest for the last, you know, year and a half because she was there. And as they did that to her, they didn't talk about how this, you know, grandfather, this, this, uh, Vietnam vet pastor for 50 years was basically walked in by security to and from the bathroom and they got him and his, and his son with flashbangs and stuff. Well, in so house. I don't, don't want talk to, about so, those
3: that is a this, so th- it's very really interesting because he talks about it and he's like yeah look I wasn't persecuted I I got away with it where other people who were just standing in the lawn or people who were escorted by the police to the restroom were arrested where their house is raided and then later his house gets gets raided um, and then now he's been arrested and there's a question mark okay why now he wasn't a threat for two years. And then now, all of a sudden, he needs to get arrested, and they're going to charge him with misdemeanor ch- charges. So it's not like they have anything huge on him. Uh, did he even breach the Capitol? Well, he hasn't. I don't think he's going to give a statement on what he did or didn't do, especially now. I mean, he's going to lawyer up, of course, uh, rightfully so. But I'd be curious. My guess is he was just present. And the reason why this story is important is because I was thinking about this. And I was thinking, imagine if this happened to, to you. Or to me. Or to somebody else you know. Wouldn't you want people to talk about it? To remind people, hey, there are innocent people who did nothing wrong. Who are have been detained unjustly in the United States of America. For years. Over charges that are just ridiculous. Yes, of course, if somebody broke committed a crime, they should be arrested. And they should uh, face the penalties relating to it. So the guy who stole uh, Nancy Pelosi's podium, well, yeah, he should get charged for stealing, uh, whatever the charge is, but not thrown in prison for two years. A reasonable charge. A reasonable charge. What would, would, should be expected? Not these solitary confinement for a number of these crimes, but there's been riots Across the United States, where people were occupying Capitol buildings, people burning down sheriff offices, what punishments did they get? Most of them got off scot-free. Almost all of them got off scot-free. We had policymakers, senators, and congressmen raising money to pay the bail for some of these people. But the people for January 6th, those who didn't even go into the Capitol building, those who were just there, are still detained, and I was thinking, if that happened to me, like for instance, I was thinking about the meme guy yesterday, the guy who got arrested for making a meme, like what if I made a joke, and then I got arrested, and then nobody, everybody was like, well, sorry that happened to Adrian, and they just moved on, and they never talked about me again, and I was sitting in solitary confinement, and out of sight, out of mind, gone, and isn't it one of the corporal works of mercy to visit the imprisoned, and what about, how what happened to that, what happened to visit the imprisoned? What happened to these corporal works of mercy? Is it not apply to those who are conservative? That we just forget these people, abandon them? We can't. And it just it struck something in me when I read that story because I was thinking, well, they will really go after anybody. And they're gonna use the DOJ as a tool to suppress speech. So now, cause I and I'll tell you, I'm I'm gonna be frank with you. I think about that sometimes whenever I am talking, and I am thinking, oh, maybe the FBI might arrest me for that. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way, because then the FBI might get mad at me. And and it's kind of crazy to think about, because obviously I am gonna be I am gonna self center in the sense that I am gonna say things that are true, good, and beautiful. I am gonna say things that are in coherence with the Catholic faith. In that sense, of course, I am gonna censor myself for that winner, and that's good censorship, in my opinion. But and then whenever it comes to criticizing the government or criticizing the DOJ or criticizing the White House, you know, it's always like, oh, you know, you know, I don't want to I don't want the DOJ to come knocking on my door. So you got to be very careful. Oh, I better not make that joke because then they might arrest you and they they take you seriously.
4: Oh, you were joking. I thought you were serious. Anyway, uh, now we're going to put you in the system and uh, we'll let them sort it out for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, a very concerning story and
3: something that we have to keep in mind, especially around this time of uh, getting ready for the next election. These things are going to heat up again. So, anyway, on to another story. It's St. Nicholas Day, January 6th. I December 6th. January 6th. Jan- December 6th is St. Nicholas Day. And so, there is a campaign going on across America called Keep Christ in Christmas and it is a, a, a campaign done by American Eats Fatima. And they always do this every year. And I wanted to bring this to your attention because every year around this time, and it's become more and more popular before it was happening in mostly just really, really leftist cities. But the Satanist groups are pushing harder and harder to get these put up in Capitol buildings and in public spaces all across America. So I want to bring this to your attention. We're going to play this video of the TFP, the American Defense for Tradition, Family, and Property, protesting the Satanist display in the Illinois State Capitol building. I will play that video.
7: This is the Illinois State Capitol building in Springfield. Every year for Christmas, they feature a traditional nativity scene in the rotunda of the Capitol. However, in a few minutes, the Satanic Temple plans to attack Christmas by installing a satanic Baphomet figure in swaddling clothes right next to the manger, right next to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. This public and brazen sacrilege against God and His Blessed Mother marks a new level of depravity. In the name of tolerance and equality, there is a war against Christianity that should be denounced and opposed. That's why these young Catholics with TFP student action decided to do something about it. Not wanting to be silent or indifferent, they drove 700 miles through the night to be at the Rotunda before the Satanists arrived. Their only goal is to defend the honor of the Christ child and repeat the battle cry of St. Michael against Lucifer, Quis Ut Deus, who is like unto God. For America is one nation under God. We cannot be one nation under God and at the same time put on the same footing, Satan and God.
6: He will always be defeated. Eternally defeated. Fail, full
9: of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit
7: of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. At first, the Satanists were a little bit hesitant on whether to set it up or not. They weren't very confident. Oh, understand that Satan has no rights because evil has no rights. As the battle between good and evil intensifies in our culture, let us gather at the feet of the infant Jesus and ask him to give us the strength and courage to remain faithful. Let us renew our faith in our Lord's divine promise that the gates of hell shall never prevail and may his Holy Mother protect us and our beloved nation from forces of darkness. God bless you. Thank you for watching, and Merry Christmas.
3: So a very beautiful acts of reparation against these outrages and, and just offenses against the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So my recommendation to you is, if you feel so inclined, how about have a host a uh, Keep Christ in Christmas rally? It doesn't have to be outside of a satanic event. Just say... Put up a sign to keep Christ and Christmas, get some friends together, pray the rosary on a street corner. it would be an awesome thing to do. And if you want, I would recommend contacting America Needs Fatima. They'll send you a banner that says, keep Christ and Christmas. And you can do that. You don't have to. You can always do it on your own. But it's certainly some, something you could do. And just reach out to America Needs Fatima and say, I would like a banner to do a keep Christ and Christmas rally. It'll be a wonderful thing to do. seeing some Christmas carols, some Advent carols. it would be a good time. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after
2: this. Uh, started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I feel like I'm whole again. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to
7: get to Heaven. Our our lives are rich and full by being members of the Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org.
1: Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you, because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute.
5: Our family had been going through crisis, little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back, I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again pride because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before.
7: If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. I
9: also want to dialogue with all the young people Catholics are committed to building a society which is truly tolerant and inclusive. Let us treat others with the same passion and compassion with which we want to be treated. Come and see what
7: good things God is waiting for you at catholicscomehome.com.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Tribe Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's always good to be here with you. On this feast of Saint Nicholas. Hey Rudy. What do you do you like Saint Nicholas Day? Is that something your you, your family keeps?
4: No, ma'am. Are you kidding me? We did not growing up. No, absolutely not. He was an intolerable man. He punched a guy. Yeah. Because he disagreed with him, that is so. I can't get behind that man. I'm oh, sorry. No.
3: All right, well, I'll go hang out at Saint Nick's boxing gym. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, a joke, else, it's a joke, people.
4: It's a joke.
3: We deserved it. I learned something new today. I learned today, and I's I never put these two things together, Rudy. It's pretty wild. Saint Thomas Aquinas. Uh huh. And you're thinking St. Thomas Aquinas and the contest, Saint Nick, how do these two things connect? The day where he came and had his mystical experience, where he said he cannot write anymore, that everything he has written straw. is as straw was on the feast of St. Nicholas. Really? It was today. No way. I, I'm reading this I was reading this article this morning and I didn't get to finish it. It was a guys. Brevity is a soul of wit. All right, it was a five thousand word essay, so uh, I haven't got no. through it all yet. But it was—I'm uh, reading it, and it's really interesting. It's about Saint Thomas Aquinas and his relationship with Saint Nicholas, which apparently Saint Thomas had a through line throughout his life. Like, apparently, he received—I uh, think I had to—I had to read. I need to finish this article. He received his vocation while he was praying in the chapel of Saint Nicholas. Really? Yeah.
4: That's and, interesting. And
3: apparently as well, and, I, and like I said, and it got her finishes,
4: he, apparently he references St. Nicholas throughout the Summa. So you'll uh, finish that in what, like a couple of weeks or so? 5,000? 5,000 five thousand five words. words. like words a
3: That's like a five-page paper.
4: Oh, boy. Yeah. Who's, who? What saint uh, do you have a through line with? Uh, 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 probably Thomas Aquinas, right? Yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas
3: for sure, because uh, St. Thomas High School, I went to St. Thomas High School, went to University of St. Thomas. And then um, after that, I went and joined the Dominicans. Um, so I, I've had a relationship with St. Thomas for a while. He's been, he's been pestering me. Huh. It's funny you mentioned that though, because I was, whenever I was discerning religious life, I was talking to Sister Teresa Marie, the Dominican sisters, and she was telling me where I was talking about my vocation. And she goes, I was like, you know, I have, I've never actually talked or had a relationship with any Dominicans before. She goes, what do you mean? you've had a relationship with St. Thomas for years. He's been with you since you were a child. And I was like, huh, you're right. He has
4: been there for the whole time. How astute, sister.
3: Yeah. It's like, it's like prayer and religious life gives you wisdom or something. I don't know. (laughs) Go figure. Yeah. And it really struck me though, because you think about these through lines, right? And these, these saints that kind of just appear in your life and, and I think we sometimes forget that the saints are people. Mm-hmm. Like they're not just like some wishing factory or they're not, I don't know, like an AI. We used to just put input, output, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're actual people that you can have a relationship with. They make choices.
4: They pray for you. They pray for you. For me, it's always been St. Therese, uh, St. Therese of uh, Lisieux, and uh, recently St. Pope Pius X. Saint Pius X. Saint Pope Pius X. Man. Um, I'm an amazing saint. Yeah, it really is. Amazing saint. And, um, yeah, I love that, Adrian. You know, you, we, what about today, dear listener, taking an opportunity? Thank your patron saint. Ask the patron saint of your choosing, whichever one you have, whichever one you've had a through line with, ask that saint to pray for you today. Thank that saint for their intercession. Ask them to pray for all the graces that you stand most in need of. Uh, the other, the other thing that, uh, that that comes to mind, Adrian, is the, um, you know, at the uh, apparition of, uh, of the uh, of Our Lady when she gave us the miraculous medal. Mm. This image of the the stones that were not lit in her hands. Ask the saints to pray for you that you receive those graces that that you dare you dare not or not even know how to ask for. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man. That's like, that's been my prayer recently. Yeah. Give me the graces that no one is asking for. Yeah. Yes. The ones I don't know about. Mm -hmm. The ones that only you as a good mother know that your children need. Mm. Let me have those graces.
3: You know, that's a great analogy because, I mean, think about your kids, right? Like, do they always ask for the things that they actually need? (laughs) (laughs) Or Or do you have to tell them and be like, look...
4: I know you don't want this, but this is obviously what you need. Let me step in there and fix that for you. I know you don't want to hold my hand while we cross the parking lot, but I assure you (laughs) one day you're going to want, you're going to, you're going to understand why we do this. Okay. This is the reason why we do this is because it's dangerous. Mm. Um, Because I know a little bit more than what you need.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the same way with our mother, right? And Evan, our Juan Diego Whenever he was trying, he was trying to, he was trying to get away from his mom. <laughs> How many of us do this? Okay. How many of us do this? So oh, we went completely off topic. I wanted to talk about St. Nick, but this is, this is a good conversation. Uh, I, Okay. So Juan Diego,
4: I'm just like, dude, come on, come on, man. So the the, the queen of heaven and earth appears to you, right? Which, like, by the way, she was at the top of the hill. She a- could look down the hill and see you like, <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> avoiding <she's> her. <laughs> on the top
3: of the hill, she goes, "Hey, meet me back here on the top of the hill. I want to chat with you, or let's let's have a relationship together." And obviously, this is a um, dynamic equivalence translation. <laughs> then and the and so Juan Diego he gets home. His his his, his uh, uncle is sick, and he says. I, you know, am I, I, do I really want to go talk to that lady? She's going to go send me on another task to do. And uh, I don't have time for that. And uh, I'm going to just go around the hill so I can get to uh, the, to get some help from my uncle, get him some, a priest to hear his confession so he can die in a sanctifying grace. So I'm going to go around the hill. Okay, pause before I go on with that story. How many of us do that with our mothers, right? Where we're like, Oh, I, I'm going to just uh, not call her today. Oh, it's the holidays. Um, I'll Call her uh, on Christmas Day, you know? or We'll invite her over for dinner, but maybe only for the major holidays, you know? How many of us do that to our families? Or do we avoid them? Because we know our parents are going to be like, Adrian... I know you need to do X, Y, or Z. And I'm speaking from my, my mom listens to the show. And so she's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. She, I'll come down from, from my room and she'll tell me, she would tell me, Adrian, you're going to go out, dress like that. And I'm like, what's wrong with the way I dress? And she's like, oh, I'm never having grandkids. And, and I'm like, mom, she's like, Adrian, go comb your hair, go change your clothes. And she but she does it out of charity out of what she wants, what's best for me. And the same thing is true of our heavenly mother. Right. So Juan Diego goes around the hill. He's trying to avoid his mom because he doesn't want her to tell him what to do. Doesn't want him to correct him. Doesn't want to do these things. And so he goes around the hill and our lady, obviously, she's not going to be deterred by going around the hill. She appears to him in the bottom of the hill as if she was stuck at the top of the hill. And so she goes to this bottom of the hill and appears before him. And what does she tell him? She recognizes the torment, the, the tumultuousness of his soul, how he was disturbed by the, the death or the sickness of his uncle, uh, the sadness in his heart. And what does Our Lady say? Does she chastise him and say, how dare you try to avoid me? You're not being a good son. No, instead, she reassures him. And she tells him, am I not here? Who am your mother? And that that always has struck me. That line is something that I, I think about all the time. Am I not here? Who am your mother? And I just think about Juan Diego is there standing there as if it was me, right? And she's telling you and I, she's looking at you and she's saying, am I not here who am your mother? Why do you worry? Why are you bothered? And so listen to the the, the whole quote that she tells Juan Diego. She says, listen, put it into your heart my youngest and dearest son, that the thing that frightens you, the things that afflicts you, is nothing. Do not let it disturb you. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle and the crossing of my arms? Do you need something more? Let nothing else worry you or disturb you. Wow. What a grace. What an absolute grace. A complete side tangent, but a good one, I would say. Okay. Anyway, going off of that for a second and going back to St. Nicholas. Rudy, what do you do with your kids for St. Nicholas Day?
4: We started doing our Saint Nicholas traditions last year. Okay. So if you haven't started yet, there's still time yet. Okay? What you need to do is you type you pull out your phone, right? And you start dialing one eight seven no I'm just kidding. It's not a charathon anymore. <laughs> you pull out your phone, you find your nearest Trader Joe's. This is the only place I know that has these anymore. Trader Joe's has the gold coins. So if you have kids, find a Trader Joe's, get the gold coins. Put them in their shoes in the morning, and and say, you know, what's funny is last night is my wife was preparing our kids to uh, to to understand this. Well, mostly Maria, because Maria kind of understands now. And she said, somebody in the spirit of Saint Nicholas is going to bring you a treat. And I thought, well, that's weird. Why'd you say that in the spirit of? She's like, look, I don't I don't want her to think this is like some magic. You know, some made-up nonsense person. He was a real person, but he's obviously not bringing the gifts, you know, overnight. So I thought that was funny. You can do that if you want. Um, And I think she was doing that because when she was a kid, they did Santa Claus. And she didn't realize that Santa was not real until, like, much later in her life. And she felt betrayed by her parents because, yeah, anyway – I'm not going to get in that. <laughs> well, I, I'm this. reading your face there, Adrian. Anyway, <laughs> the point is we're doing it in the spirit of St. Nicholas. And so what you can do is you can get these gold coins, put them in your your kids' shoes and say, hey, check it out. Let's have an opportunity to talk about this great saint. Let's talk about this heresy. Let's talk about why it's wrong. Let's talk about uh, his life and and the goodness, the great example that we have here uh in, in St. Nicholas and let's let's talk about that today on his feast day it's a great opportunity
3: yeah I didn't grow up doing um St. Nicholas uh, celebrating St. Nicholas feast day as a as a kid we didn't start we didn't do that I didn't even know it was a thing until I don't know not that long ago really it was only recently and I'm really excited about it because I'm really looking forward to to doing it one day hopefully with my kids uh, so, I wanted to know what other people are doing. And so, that's the question of the day. The question of the day is how do you celebrate the feast of St. Nicholas? I'd be very curious because um, I would like some ideas. I mean, the golden um, chocolates is the, is the big one. And a lot of people do that, put it in the shoes. Um, I think it was oranges. oranges. Yeah. Yeah, the oranges is the other one. I also have heard people say that they buy the kids socks and maybe some shoes. Like mm-hmm. once a year, they get new shoes. The new
4: shoes, they get them on St. Nicholas Day. Now, I happen to be a, a California baller. I came to Texas with my t- my California uh, millions. millions. I sold my little 900-square-foot uh, house for $1 million. <laughs> uh, that's a joke, by the way. But I was going to say, I only give out nuggets of gold. That's uh, the, the, we only do that on St. Nicholas Day. Um, St. <laughs> Nick
3: gave away gold in a bag of gold coins. You just give it a single nugget. Pfft. Oh, slacker man. you're right Pfft. absolutely ridiculous money. man he must have been a baller he was yeah his parents were certified were were, uh, were wealthy merchants uh and aristocrats and I so mean, he gold coins he used uh, the money he sold all of his garments and he used the money to be able to uh, give it man. and then and that's and this was before he became a priest so then he went off after this this happened and he ended up going in religious life and became a bishop later on I
4: mean when you say gold coins, I'm
3: thinking like a hefty bag. It probably was. It probably was. What if it's just two gold coins? (laughs) Well, we'll talk more about St. Nicholas Day in the after show. I'd love to hear what you have to say, so join us then. But we're gonna go into our Fear and Trembling Game show. You could win the prize, so call now 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. We'll be right back.
0: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Because Jesus said in Matthew 23 that no one should be called rabbi, father, or teacher, I'm sure you would never call one of your teachers teacher, would you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a Catholic no-no, calling a priest father. Well, what about Paul calling Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus his sons? No doubt his spiritual sons, but is it not proper for a spiritual son to call his spiritual father father? This reverential title should never have generated such a big point of contention. Secondly, the New Testament In Acts 7 and Romans 9 We see the term father being used Referring to Abraham and some of our great patriarchs And my take Isn't context everything? When Jesus is speaking to the multitudes It's oftentimes in the language and style of hyperbole His discourse was not focused on titles Or ecclesiastical guidelines Jesus was once again warning against giving honor Where honor is not due Next time you see your pastor Just say, hey preacher it oh, just seems so lacking
5: I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy, and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong.
7: We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
3: 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424, that's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could be a winner, it's really simple, all you gotta do is pick up that phone and dial this number, 877 877- 7579424 and we always take the first caller so you could in fact be a winner today it's really simple now you may be asking but how do i do i just call in and i just automatically become a winner well kind of it's really simple i have 3 catholic trivia questions in front of me but here's the trick you don't need to know the trivia because i'm not going to ask you the questions so even if you don't know anything about Catholic trivia, you can still win because I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. Rudy is going to give me an answer, and it's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize.
4: Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. You can win a replica of the cup that I'm holding right now. This is the coffee cup of divine providence. The one, the only. If I hold it close to the mic... It might actually start humming. Mm. Wow. Mm. (laughs) What was that? Why'd you do that? Anyway, you're going to win a replica of the coffee cup of divine providence. And it's guaranteed to make your coffee taste 80% better. So if you're drinking Folgers in the morning, and the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup, it's going to (laughs) taste a lot better in this coffee cup of divine providence. All you have to do is pick up that phone and call. That number,
3: eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. So if you would like to win a replica of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence and signed by the CDT team. Now, we do have to uh, give you a wink and a nod to say this might be one of the last cups that we're going to give away. I think we only have a couple more anyway. But after maybe three, four weeks, you will never get a chance to win the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence ever again. So you're going to want to make sure that you're calling in every day this week so you can win a prize. We always take the first caller, so I want you to make sure you write that number down, 877-757-9424. And if you're the first caller, we always make sure to take the first caller. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, coming up very soon now joining us right now is uh, Sarah good morning to you Sarah
5: hi am I on
3: (laughs) yes ma'am you're on can you hear me
5: wow yes I can hear you perfect
3: I can hear you loud and clear Sarah is that your name uh where are you calling in from
5: San Antonio
4: San Antonio hey wait a minute didn't you call in yesterday
5: no, that was somebody else. Another Sarah, your <laughs> doppelganger,
3: your evil twin. <laughs> your evil twin? What do you mean? There's no, evil people calling she's,
4: in. She's from San Antonio, too. <laughs>
3: you know, Reed, I, I hate to break this to you, but there are multiple people with the same name <laughs> what? in almost every city. What do you mean? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I know it's, it's a shocker. It's a shock to the system, <laughs> but it is true. It is true. So where are you off to this morning, Sarah?
5: Um, well, actually, I'm just coming home from the grocery store. I picked hey. up some yogurt for my husband. Nice.
3: <laughs> nice. Um, what about, did you did you get the ice cream?
5: Uh, no, we were just out of yogurt, so it was uh. a really quick trip. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> I need to go pick up some ice cream. We're all out at my house, so um, though I probably should just not get it because whenever I buy it, it's gone in like two days. Two being, days? Last two days? Yeah, Man, I, was trying to be, I was trying to be generous, but uh... <laughs> all right, Sarah, praise you God. Are you familiar with the game? Do you know how to play?
5: I am familiar. Yes, I do.
3: Perfect. So, you know, Rudy can be tricky. His stories can be deceptively clever. So are you ready to jump into it? I'm ready. All right. Let's see. Uh, Rudy, question numero uno for you which by the way that's french for number one <laughs> yeah i am fluent mm. uh, yeah for sure uh, the question
4: on the board is who was
3: nebuchadnezzar
4: nebuchadnezzar you know i i had to talk to my friend luca luca lazari he's a good friend of mine and he was telling me that nebuchadnezzar in the scriptures it's actually based off of this apocryphal story mm. uh, of this guy who suddenly realized that he was part of this fake society. No way. And so the original Nebuchadnezzar is this guy from an apocryphal story. No he kidding. woke up one day. And he's like, whoa, nothing is real. And then uh. they based it off. The, the scripture was based off of him.
3: No way. Did is that where we that? get the, the matrix from? The what? The matrix? The Matrix is that where we get that from?
4: Oh, okay. Anyway, all
3: right, Sarah. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is Who was Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, Rudy says it was this guy from an apocryphal story in the Bible that was in his own world.
4: It's an apocryphal story, okay, not in the Bible, not in the Bible. Got it.
3: All right, Sarah. Uh, is he right or is he wrong? What say you, Sarah, from San Antonio?
5: Uh, he's false. He's he is the false. king of
4: Babylon. He is. A- All right. Let's see. Survey says. That is correct, <laughs> Sarah. Way to go. Not only did she know it was wrong, but she knew, she the, right answer. knew the right answer. He yeah. was the king of Babylon. Yeah. Praise be to God, Sarah. You he's clearly about are one on
5: Last
4: week. Hey, very
3: good. Praise be to God. Uh, Sarah, you clearly are a very wise woman. You are astute and you pay attention uh, at Holy Mass and other things. Uh, So praise be to God. That's right. Well, Are you ready for question number two?
5: Yes, I'm ready.
3: All right. Now, if you were listening to the show today, you may know this answer. Or maybe you knew it ahead of time anyway. But here is a question, Rudy. The question is, which ecumenical council
4: deemed Arianism a heresy? Which council? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's funny that he mentioned that because I was talking to Luca about this as well no last night.
7: Kidding.
4: Yeah, and he was telling me that it was at the Council of Nicaea where it was formally declared a heresy. And they were like, nah, you can't, you cannot be Catholic and adhere to Arianism. Mm.
3: That makes sense to me. All right, Sarah. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, which ecumenical council was deemed arianism a heresy? Well, Rudy says it was the Council of Nicaea. What say you, Sarah, from San Antonio, Texas?
5: Ding, 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 ding. That's Uh, true. All right. (laughs) Let's
3: see. Survey says that is correct, Sarah. Way to go. Two for two. Now, Sarah, I have to ask. Did you know that ahead of time, or did you learn that today?
5: Um, actually, I was—I did not learn that today because I was—I just tuned in right when I got out of the. <laughs> oh, there you go. So I, I missed the show, but no, I, I knew that from earlier.
3: Praise right. you to God! Wonderful, wonderful. We we love to hear it. Um, we were talking today about Saint Nicholas's feast day, who was at the Council of Nicaea and uh, uh, may or may not uh, may not have slapped. Arius in the face for spouting heresy at the Council of Nicaea, and uh, there you go, oh, folks. Oh, I didn't
5: know that. Well, there I you didn't go. Know that. <laughs> drama.
3: So, <laughs> that drama. That <laughs> drama. Well, Saint Nicholas, uh, slapper of heretics, pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, are you ready for question number three? Yes. All right, here we go, Rudy. Question number numero trace. Numero tres, which is uh, German for three by the way yeah I'm a polyglot that's where uh, Tres Litches kicks you know I can speak I can like say tons of languages watch German French Latin Spanish I just said a bunch of languages uh, <laughs> 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 the question on the board is what structure inspired the dome
4: of a US capital did you hear what was up with the coffee cup of Divine Providence making those noises <laughs> <laughs> so strange man. anyway You'd have to tune in to Catholic Drive Down to know this answer because okay. we talked about Pierre Eiffel mm-hmm. who created the entire layout of Washington mm, DC. Right. He was the Catholic architect? I'm following. Well, he also was the architect of the dome of the US Capitol. No way. And he he was rushed. He was rushed. They were like, Hey, you need to get this done. Have you finished this yet? Hey, friendly, friendly check in here. I just wanted to see it. sending him an email about it, right?
3: <laughs> just following up on the
4: previous email. And he's like, Oh, dude, I forgot about that. You guys stacked my plate. Uh, yeah, I got a perfect thing. Uh, here's a drawing and it was a drawing of St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, and they're like, Yeah, check it out. Do you like this? It's this pretty cool, right? I mean, I, I, it's just something I came up with, but uh, we could do it here if you want. And they said, yes, so, so you're it was based saying, off of St. Peter's, Peter's Basilica, okay,
3: all right, I'm following with what you're saying. The question is, did Sarah follow with what you were saying? All right, Sarah, fifteen seconds on the clock. The question on the board is which structure or what structure inspired the dome of the u s Capitol? Rudy says it was St Peter's Basilica's dome. What say you, Sarah, coming home with yogurt
5: um <laughs> okay i really don't know um um so i guess i'm
3: gonna say true she's gonna go with true little... all right let's find out survey says go, sarah! <laughs> uh, sarah, you three got it three. Wow. congratulations three you did amazing <laughs> praise be to god sarah how do you feel
5: I feel great. Praise the Lord.
3: Amen. Amen. What a grace. All right, Sarah, you did excellent. You got three for three. I,
4: I, Sarah, if you win the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence replica, can you try something for us? Just for science. Just, just science. Trademark over the E. Okay. Can you try the yogurt out of the the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence? <laughs> Let us know if I'm it tastes sure. any better.
5: Yes. I would, I would love to try that. <laughs>
4: there you go. Thank you very much, Sarah.
3: Praise be to God. We're going to put you on hold so we can get your contact information. So if we draw your name, we can send you the prize. But God bless you. God love you. And happy St. Nicholas Day. Thank you. All right, putting you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you want to join us in the after show, please do so. I'd love to know what your St. Nicholas traditions are. So just look up Catholic Drive Time and your favorite social media feed, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter, whatever it is. We love to chat. So if not, though, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio God bless you, God love you, and remember, Christ will be born very soon. God love you. See you very soon.
1: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station
10: Guadalupe Radio Network
3: now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
9: Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy
10: of every longing heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do,
9: Christ, have mercy. Christ have, mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have
10: mercy. Let us pray. We humbly implore your mercy, Lord. Protect us in all dangers through the prayers of the Bishop St. Nicholas, that the way of salvation may lie open before us. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen.
6: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines, juicy rich rich food and pure choice wines. On this mountain he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces. The reproach of his people he will remove from the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. On that day it will be said, Behold our God, to whom we looked to save us. This is the Lord for whom we looked. Let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us, for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. The Word of the Lord. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He guards me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life.
9: Hallelujah! 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 Alleluia,
4: alleluia, alleluia.
9: Behold, the Lord comes to save His people. Blessed are those who prepare to meet Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah
10: The Lord be with you a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
6: Glory to me.
10: At that time Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up on a mountain, and sat down there. Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. They placed them at his feet, and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind able to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for fear that they may collapse on the way, the disciples said to him, where could, we get, where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this first week of Advent, we're reminded, of course, of Jesus' second coming. He will come again in majesty. But we live between the two comings. His first coming, which was uh, come in Bethlehem, second coming majesty but now he's coming in mystery and he comes in a particular way of course through the most holy eucharist which is of course prefigured in not only the gospel but in the first reading today jesus has set this banquet before us of choice wines and juicy rich food pure choice wines that feeds us of course and satisfies us completely that's why the eucharist is has to be an essential element of our advent journey it is really the food for pilgrims it's what sustains us It sustains the grace of God within us but to take it a bit further we come to receive Jesus in Holy Communion we also need to be remembered that Jesus receives us in a particular way everything we eat right is transformed into ourselves that's why we have how we have nourishment but when we receive the body and blood soul and divinity of Christ it transforms us into Jesus and into, nourishes us with his, his life. And so we become the body of Christ by, by coming to communion. And that's important for us. We remember this great and tremendous gift that God gives. Sustaining us, helping us, but most importantly, bringing us into communion with Jesus. Today we celebrate this quite amazing saint, St. Nicholas. It's amazing how much is known about him, more, more say mythically than say the actual facts that we have. He was the bishop of Mira, which is now in present day Turkey, and that's about as much as we know about him. But the stories that have come around, that have been uh, uh, made around him, are actually quite, quite wonderful. And of course, it comes down through tradition to whom we call today Santa Claus, right? The one who carries the big basket, big big bag of toys in order for kids, right? And somehow has a reindeer and so on and so forth coming from the North Pole. And f- fantastically shows up in the middle of the night, puts those gifts, those hidden gifts, right, under the tree, and we wake up and there they are. Where does this story come from? How, does, how do we get all of this? Well, the first thing is that the fact that St. Nicholas was somebody who would give gifts comes from the story that in, his, in the town of Mira, there was a very rich man who ended up in very hard times with poor, and he had three daughters. And those three daughters, he was going to sell into prostitution. What, a, what an evil man. But he's going to sell them into prostitution in order that so he could survive. And the uh, St. Nicholas, or Nicholas, Bishop Nicholas, got word of this. and He wanted to, of course, help his people. So in the middle of the night, he went and he threw, and when the daughter got of age... He, the, his, the this man's first daughter. he threw uh, a bag of coins, which would be her dowry, so that she wouldn't be sold off, but then she could get married and sure enough, she got married, and then the second one grew up, and all of a sudden this, in the middle of the night, this bag shows up, you know this bag of coins, which would be her dowry, and so was the third. Well, by the third time, of course, the person who, 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 with the three daughters decided to, to, be, to be on the lookout to kind of watch and see who his benefactor was. and when he recognized, of course, it was Saint. Nicholas. Then he praised him, and that's why St. Nicholas is sometimes uh, visualized with three bags. And the three bags represent the three bags of coins for the dowries for these three daughters. Well, then, of course, the story kind of continues on. That bag became a bag of, of, uh, of, well, not really toys, but really gifts. I love if you ever see the film The Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe. I think it's also in the book, C.S. Lewis. When they meet Santa Claus or Father Christmas, He doesn't give them a bunch of toys, but he gives them gifts for their spiritual journey, for their journey that is going to help them and sustain them. We can see the allusion, of course, to the gift of the Eucharist that Jesus gives to us. Uh, G.K. Chesterton had this beautiful poem of imaging the Magi who come to Jesus to give the gold and frankincense and myrrh, and in return, Jesus gives them gifts, Gifts he calls terrible and sweet. Gifts that will, of course, enliven their faith, their hope, and their charity. Real gifts that help us and sustain us in our spiritual journey. And that's what St. Nicholas, the true gifts that he wants to give to us, is the gift of Jesus by the the witness of his own life. What's kind of also fascinating about him is he's the patron, of course, not only of gift-giving and all kinds of other things, but he's the patron of one of the patrons of Russia, and even during the time of the commun- the communist reign in the Soviet Union, there was always a daily flight from Moscow to Bari in Italy, where Saint Nicholas's relics are are kept. A daily flight, and there were also uh, pilgrim centers and everything for Russians who would come to to honor this this holy man. Isn't that amazing? Like, even during communism, there was always something. For this man because he was so important well may saint nicholas especially on this day help us to recognize the gift the great gift jesus gives in the most holy eucharist which sustains us on our pilgrim journey and helps us to keep watch for when the lord shall come again amen Let us stand and offer our prayers to our Heavenly Father. Let us pray that Christ may visit his Holy Church, keep watch over her always. Let us pray especially for recovery of health for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may fill our Holy Father, all the bishops and the whole order of bishops with spiritual gifts and graces through the intercession of St. Nicholas. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may guide the minds of those who govern us to promote the common good according to his holy will. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ in his mercy may free all who suffer persecution, banish disease, drive out hunger, ward off every affliction, and heal all those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ may find us watching when he comes. Let us pray to the Lord. For our own personal intentions, for those who are joining us on Guadalupe Radio and online, let us pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, you know the many needs we have in this life. We bring all of our prayers and petitions before you, confident that you hear and answer us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever.
1: Come to share the divinity of
10: Blessed are you, Lord God, all, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine, work of human hands, will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God. I pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the sacrifice of our worship, Lord, we pray, be offered to you unceasingly to complete what was begun in sacred mystery and powerfully accomplish for us your saving work through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you,
9: lift up your hearts, let us give thanks to the Lord our God, it is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For He assumed at His first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design You formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation, that when He comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory hosanna in the highest blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest
10: you are indeed holy O lord and all you have created rightly gives you praise with St. Nicholas, and with all the saints who have, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O oh Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you, In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good.
9: Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen.
10: At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, as we wait the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not on our sins but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer to the sign of peace.
6: For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart.
9: Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift so far surpassing hope or thought. Sweet sacrament we thee adore. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more.
10: Let us pray. We implore your mercy, Lord, that this divine sustenance may cleanse us of our faults and prepare us for the coming feasts through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ah, 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 Amen.
9: Redemptoris Mater, Que per viace li manes, Et stella maris, Sucure cadenti, Surgere qui curat populo, Tuque genuisti, Natura mirante. Tum Sanctum Genitore, Virgo Prius, Sac Posterius, Gabriele Sabore.
0: St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil.
6: thy peace always in the name of christ our lord amen
1: transmitting the treasures of our catholic faith to your radio every day this is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul